0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio. Today, we're super excited to welcome Gramps Jeffrey, uh, who is really Mark Joseph. He's an author of two books, and he's also the founder of the website babyboomer.org. It's a very cool website that covers Everything to do with quality of life if you're a baby boomer. Everything from finance to travel, pickleball. What is going on with this pickleball thing, Mark? Have you ever played it? And Welcome Oh, yeah.
1: It's It's a lot of fun. In fact, I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and they just announced that they are building this huge pickleball uh, place right down the road from us. And it's going to be the uh, national headquarters of the Pickleball Association. So this is big-time stuff, this pickleball.
0: I've never played, but you know, Nancy and I travel the country full time um, on our parks tour. We pets it and um, that way we can do interviews and talk to people like you <laughs> and, um, and we get to hang out with animals, which we absolutely love. But so many people, they're like, oh, I'm going to a pickleball tournament. I'm like, what is this? I mean, it's like every other person we're taking care of their, their dogs and cats and home. They're doing something about pickleball. So it just seems to be. It feels like the last five years, it's become a really big deal. So, hey, why not? Better oh, than not being active, right?
1: And especially, you know, my concentration is on the Baby Boomer generation. And this is something that our generation can play. Mm. And, so, you know, it's, uh, it, that's one of the reasons why we have featured it on our site of BabyBoomer.org is because it's something that has brought together the whole generation.
0: Um, I heard that Scottsdale is becoming a blue zone as well um one of our podcasts that we do every first Wednesdays with uh peggy fiendaka who is the co-owner of ldv winery which their tasting room is in scottsdale and we're doing a whole podcast on scottsdale becoming a blue zone for basically longevity and, and quality of life and good health for all ages so that's and you're wearing blue so you're part of the blue zone Means you're going to live a long, long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the great things about Scottsdale early in the '70s is they made this commitment to uh, buy open land, and so like the mountain range behind me, the uh, McDowell Mountains, they own seventy thousand acres of. Uh, it's owned by the city of Scottsdale. I think it may be the biggest in the country of just green space for hiking and preservation. So yes, this is a great place to live.
0: Oh, that's very cool. Now. Um, let's start with your first book, The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. Um, I love this um, because we're a big proponent of um, promoting small business and working together as small businesses and entrepreneurs, even, you know, small business could be a brick and mortar shop like mom and pop stores in a historic downtown, a winery. It could be a musician, an author like yourself. Um and how do we do it now? Because it's getting, it feels like it's getting harder and harder. And I know a lot of baby boomers are starting their third or fourth careers and they need to somehow either get everything, a product in Walmart or say, I'm doing the other highway.
1: Well, this is a copy of the book. You can see it. It's uh, the secrets of retailing, how to beat Walmart. And, it's and you cannot
0: buy it in Walmart, everyone. There, you, it is not available there.
1: But it's you can buy it on always... Amazon. Okay. <laughs> so- yeah, so let's, let's go there, uh, to, to buy it. But interesting, a couple of things that you said. One is, uh, baby boomers. There are still 12 million businesses that are owned by baby boomers. Uh, when you, when you think about it. So baby boomers is very active in the business community. Uh, as one thing, but the reason I wrote this book is one of the companies, uh, that I started and we took public, uh, became the uh, largest business to business site on the internet where we sold in case quantity, small businesses all around the world, shipping all 50 states around 44 countries, our customer base are the moms and the pops are surviving thriving against the chains. And so, you know, as we were growing this company, uh, that's when I wrote this book because what happened was I was getting calls from our customers about 30 a, uh, a week, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? So this book is a step-by-step guide on how to open a business and how to run it. Uh, it's got everything. One, it's got 15 chapters. One chapter is about how to hire people. Another chapter is finding a location. Another chapter is where do you find your products? Another one is on marketing, both on the internet and uh, just traditional marketing. And the last chapter, the 15th chapter is the, uh, how do you uh, sell your business? What do you do once you're done with it? You know, and, and so uh, that's what that book was all about. Uh, because when you, when you think about it, entrepreneurship, okay, and, and this country is full of entrepreneurs, including yourself, you know, they're doing what you're doing, you know, but 50% of businesses fail in the first five years. Okay. That's a scary number when you think That's about
0: it. That's not cool. You don't want don't. to think about that when you're getting started either.
1: Yeah. You don't want to think <laughs> about it. But you have to. Yeah. And, and well, let's talk about some of the reasons why they fail. Um, you know, 42% of the new businesses fail because entrepreneurs, you know, they they there is not a real true market for their product, uh, you know, or their service. You know, you, you may think that you've invented the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if you're the only one that likes it, you know, nobody's going to buy it. So if you are an entrepreneur and thinking about opening up a business, that's the first question you have to ask yourself. Is my service or my business relatable to lots of people? because that's why 42% of businesses fail. Another 29% of businesses fail because they don't have enough cash or capital mm. to keep the business going. So if you're starting out a business, and I advise anyone who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and opening a business, is make sure that you have six months of cash sitting in the in the, in the the bank, because you're going to assume that you're going to have six months of no sales. And so you've got to figure out, how am I going to pay for all that? So don't go into a business unless you can handle the first six months without, you know, without any sales, because that's why 29% of the businesses fail. Another 23% of the businesses fail because entrepreneurs are very egocentric. They think they know everything. Um, but so they don't build up a great team around them. You know, using me as an example, you know, i if you stick me in a room with a spreadsheet, I will go nuts for eight hours. So I have to find people that are better than me and more qualified to be the CFOs, to do the money thing. You know, uh, although I've been in the Internet business for the last 20 years, I don't know how to code. So I've got to find people to do that kind of stuff. Right.
0: Right. Delegation is key. I've watched watched an organization recently that was at the top of its game and then the new leader doesn't delegate. So there's a bottleneck of nothing happening. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's 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 sad. It's not it's not fair to the people that uh, bought into them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So so that's why some, so much of they fail because you're not communicating. You may have the greatest vision, but if you can't communicate it and you can't surround yourself with people that are smarter than you are, uh, then you're going to fail. So much as I encourage everyone to be an entrepreneur, keep in mind half of them fail. So if you can kind of look at these things before you start your business, maybe you can be in the half that succeeds.
0: I love that you also brought up about how many baby boomers are in business, right? And from our um, experience in all our podcasting is it seems like their baby boomers are starting like they're starting new careers, like a third or fourth, maybe, you know, just not as heavy as when they were in their 30s or 40s, right? It may not be as demanding, but um, people are not ready to, you know, close up shop. Just because they're a baby boomer or at the retirement age, it's almost like it's a, it's a new life. It's like, hey, I've turned a chapter, what can I do? I don't know anyone in my immediate circle. And we do know a lot of people who can just sit back, like at all, actually, when they retire.
1: You know, I kind of look at uh, when I looked at my parents when they were 65 years old, I said, man, they are old, you know, but now that we're there and we're 60, I feel, man, we are young. You know, we've got, uh, this whole second uh, life to go after. That's, in fact, that's one of the reasons that we created babyboomer.org is because, you know, the baby boomer generation is as diverse as any of the generations before us and after us and yeah.
0: great music by the way great music the oh yeah great generation yeah. of music just saying yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you know but as a as a as a generation you know think about the politics that we're so diverse about all the religion we're so this is a very diverse diverse kind of a generation but the one thing that baby boomers have in common is a shared, connected experience. When you think about it, you know those two, those two decades that we were uh, be, that are considered baby boomers. You know, we were there for the Kennedy assassinations. We were there for Martin Luther King. We were there for the landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, birth control became very widespread during our generation.
0: And yeah. now it's getting getting taken away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So oh, well,
0: that's why I mean, it's like a full circle thing just happened. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah,
1: crazy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happened while we were there, riots in the streets. But the one thing you you did mention that the, really drives and keeps us together is the music. Think about it: You've got Elvis, the Beach Boys, and the Beatles, and the Three Dog Night, they're
0: full dead, and they're still going.
1: Yeah, you know? Association, the Supremes. Think about association.
0: all the music. Oh, now you are talking some good. Uh, you are talking. I am a music person, so I I'll, I'll sit and do a whole show with you just on music for the fun of it. I love music, so it's like yeah, and, but it's. And the music, what's interesting of, of, of the baby boomer generation, the music is being sampled now into hip hop, you know, and things like that. You'll hear it's so interesting. You know, I'll go, oh, yeah, I hear that. I know that song. And then it'll be like a hip hop artist using something like from the Association or the Temptations or something. You know, um, I don't know if they've done those specific bands, but that's what's it's just an interesting cycle. But no matter what, it was part of the foundation of rock and roll, man. Chuck Berry, he's the man.
1: Oh yeah, you know, and and we we as baby boomers had these movies that we were all, you know, and what drove us, the, the, whether it's uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Jaws, or any of the Spielberg movies, you know, Animal House, uh, Star Wars, The Godfather. These are all generational things that drove us together because when we were growing up, there were only three television stations. We all had landlines. We all got the same information. So it's a little bit different than it is today.
0: And Walter Cronkite.
1: Yes, exactly. It's it's a lot different than it was today. So the reason that we built the Baby Boomer site was not only to celebrate our past, you know, the music and all the great things that we grew up with, but, you know, to offer the resources for uh, retirement and finance and travel. You know, when you think about it, that's, the, this baby boomer generation is traveling more than any of, of it before. So we wanted to make sure we had all those kinds of information on travel. Uh, but we also have to deal with all the new challenges that, that is hitting our generation, whether it's technology advances, you know, I, I can Medicare. ask. Them, yeah, I get mean, asked my uh, you know my grandkids sometimes how to use my phone. It's you know the, the this whole technological thing and the all the health issues we're facing, whether it's Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's. You know these are all things. So we built this place, this site, to become a one-stop shop where you can look at the past, look at where we are today, and and really work on what's what we're going to have to deal with in the future. Um, uh, because you know baby boomers were born between nineteen forty six and nineteen sixty four so it's almost uh two decades you know so they're now between fifty nine and seventy seven those are the age groups um so that's why we built this site is is to 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 help share for information for everyone
0: well, thanks for putting our podcasts on there. That's oh. cool to see them up there it's it's so people check it out. you've got all kinds of podcasts, which I think is is great um' so many people listen, you know. Um, as they're traveling or if they're, you know, doing the dishes, who wants to do the dish The wash- <laughs> dish <washing>? but maybe, <laughs> you know, if you listen to a podcast, it might be more fun, but um, whether painting or, you know, whatever, uh, podcasts are so popular, either if they're watching them on YouTube on TV. So um, I'm glad you have a lot of, but a lot of articles, you have a lot of contributors and content on the site for people to get into, but it's also, it's like a big community there.
1: Well, when you think about it, we're all working on our bucket lists, okay? You know, almost at any age, but as you get older, you kind of look work on it a little bit more, you know. Like my wife and I just uh, finished one of the things on our bucket list was to visit all fifty states, okay? and we finally mm-hmm. made that happen last awesome. summer.
0: Awesome! Yeah, awesome.
1: We ended up in the northeast, and Maine was our last state we had to visit, and we were there. You know, our 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 newest bucket list is to visit all the national parks. You awesome! Know? You
0: better call me. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, We, we, we visited 27 so far. So, awesome. uh, yeah, I, I think so. Again, as you grow older, you know, you, you have to, these things that you want to do. Travel is one of them, obviously. But, uh, you know, so hopefully we'll have lots of things on, on, on our site where people can figure out what, what's their bucket list? What's their yeah. passion? What do they want to accomplish? Much like you mentioned that, you know, baby boomers just don't want to retire. They want to start a second business, mm-hmm. you know, so right. so maybe that's what they were able to help find on our site. Uh, because, you know, we, we've all gone through our lives and we've worked hard. But now that we're a little bit older, it's time to go after our passions. And, you know, that's how a lot of second businesses started is you've had a passion that you have want to do for all these years. Now let's go do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's so much help now. That, especially if you're doing something online, you can get, you know, you don't have to have like 20 employees. You can get people that do contract work. And so you see that happening a lot as well of, um, you can go on certain websites and hire someone that's a graphic designer or something, you know. So I think that the resources online, like, like your site and our sites, um, really help people, you know, to be able to fulfill those dreams. In a more economical way than when it was like starting a business 20 years ago.
1: Yeah. Think about when you were starting a business 20 years ago, you didn't have the internet, you know, and in my philosophy, today is the best time to start a business in the history Mm -hmm. of our country reason being, you know, again, and I've been in retailing most of my life, so that's what I I kind of refer to. But, you know, if you wanted to go into retailing 20 years ago, you had to have a physical store, you had to find the people, you had, you know, and your market was usually just your town or maybe your state if you're lucky. But in today's world, what the Internet has provided for all of us is if you've got a great product, a great idea, you now don't have to just sell it in your town. You can sell it all over the world. Exactly. You know? and, and so that expands it all. And just like you said, you don't have to hire everybody from your town. You can hire people that are experts all over the world. So yeah. you know, I encourage any of your listeners... If they've been thinking about opening a business, you know, I know we were talking about half of them fail in the beginning, but if you're thinking about opening a business, the resources that you can get online and create a business online uh, is, we've never had this opportunity in this country.
0: Absolutely amazing. I mean, um, we started in South Africa, actually, Nancy, you know, my mom, she started the magazine in South Africa Then it was time to come home. It got a little rough And we have American passports So it was time We came back home And we said We'll never do that again It was a lot of hard work And I went You know As a teenager I was working I was old. I've always been working For my mom She was like You want pocket money Um, You're, you're going to go to work You know <laughs> There's no such thing As free pocket money Um, So anyway She put me to work early And that Created a sense Of understanding Finances Budgeting um, Not getting everything You wanted um, Without some sweat And tears Um, You know and also taught me entrepreneurship, and I love it. I love the challenges of – I want, I remember when I got my first guitar, she said, okay, well, then you're going to need to go and raise half the money, and if you raise half the money, I'll match it. And then next thing you know, man, it started – it was like this challenge, and you, it's exciting to do. But coming over here, we're like, we'll never do the magazine again. Of course, we did because it's who we are. But it was print. This was back um, – The internet was just started. We were pre-Google and we had those big Netscape books. And I remember we started in San Diego. We were only a San Diego publication, uh, even Northeast at the time. And within a year, we were Southwest blend. So we kept changing and growing. But I was going around selling ads and people were spending like 10 grand on a website way back when, right? Again, no Google, yet they wouldn't put their website address on their business card. So even back then, we had what was called the webifieds and the webfides were the back of the magazine instead of classifieds we were getting people to promote their websites because we didn't have and you couldn't get into the netscape book that was impossible because netscape was like this is ours and you know and so we started doing that and you know trying to train people like if you have a website you invested in it you've got to do something and then of course things grew and google grew and um and then we went completely online because I mean, when we were Southwest Blend, I think we were printing 170,000 copies. And we don't want to talk about the printing bill. And at the same time, that's a huge number. But the amount of people we were getting on our site was, you know, way more than 170,000. I think we were over a million consistently for a year. And my mom said, that's it. We're going online 100. percent I said, "What do you mean? I don't go around delivering magazines anymore. I used to physically deliver, physically ship, and we inserted them in newspapers. And newspapers got mad at us because we had advertising, but I was paying them. But you know, all of that changed to now. Here we are, podcasting, talking to you, was you know this resource website for baby boomers. And you know, back in the day, to do what you're doing, you would have had to do the next gatebook <laughs> for <laughs> baby boomers." You know, just think exactly. about those changes, videos. I mean, you can do it over phones. I mean, we could be even doing this on a phone if we wanted. So I find that fascinating, the growth. But it's about making mentally also um, not closing our minds off to things as we progress in life, right, to not close off to change and these technolo- technological advancements. And so I think that's a very important part of your site is that people get cozy with it but can grow instead of going oh i'm just going to leave that to my grandkids you know
1: yeah talking about grandkids yeah that's your the, book. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great lead-in you know, my, 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 i'm good
0: at segways <laughs>
1: yeah my latest book is uh i, I don't want to turn three and it's a, a true story about my six grandkids and, uh, basically I wrote this book. I took all the pictures for the book and then I sent it to an illustrator and she put it into cartoons. But basically the, the, the theme of the book is, you know, what age do we begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three years old? Is it 13 years old? Is it 23 years old? You know, I got plenty of baby boomers who are 63 years old that still don't take responsibility for your actions. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's really the, the, the theme, theme of the book is, you know, is how do you start to begin to take responsibility for your actions?
0: Mm. Well, because you've got the hoarder, the toy hoarder in there. I mean, stealing everyone's toys and even dancing shoes and hoarding them. And then all of a sudden, on his birthday, I mean, you had to do that on his birthday? He got caught on his birthday. Or did I give it all away? I'm sorry. But it's fun. It's a fun book because I can see myself what I was doing as a kid. I want that. It's mine.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the reasons I wrote the book is, you know, what goes through a toddler's minds. The parents are so desperate to understand, you know, when does a toddler really understand the difference between me and us? You know, this uh, this book, as you mentioned, House of the Family, to find out together, you know, as a baby, we were trying to understand the world since I was three years old. You know, it it is also kind of part of this story. You know, my parents didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the Internet. Yeah, you know, they didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. You know, so, so we were growing up in a whole different world than than it is today. You know, my parents' definition of uh, discipline is quite different than the, the parents of today. You know, has today's world made for a better place for children, you know, grow up in? You know, I'll let your listeners kind of answer that question. You know, as you kind of compare how you were treated versus how we're treating our kids today. So that's all kind of what went into this book.
0: Well, I think what's important is, number one, that it's a book, a physical book that uh, grandparents and parents can sit down with their kids and go through. I like the part where the dad is like, okay, let's put on our problem-solving hat and has everybody gathered around. And it wasn't just you did this wrong in a one-way ticket to your bedroom. You're grounded for life, you know. Um, We know what that feels like. And (laughs) I think some of us still do need to get grounded, but, but um, I like the problem solving and the concept of like the village concept of everybody learning a lesson together. And it, um, making it, it, it made sense, you know, to me, and it's a way to get kids and parents to talk of, you know, parents of all ages to have these discussions of, okay, you did something wrong. Oh, let's talk it out and let's fix this. You know, and I think that's a big deal because a lot of times kids are on their phones, grandparents are on their phones, parents are on their phones, and actually sitting down with a book is something that I find is very, very important for families. It's just like the no phone zone needs to happen once in a while.
1: Yeah, never lose sight that the parents and grandparents, you know, they're the role models for these kids if they see their mom and dad or their grandma and grandpa you know, watching TV all day long. That's what they're going to do. They see them on their phones all day long. That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do. You know, that's so, cool. so, you know, the benefits of, of reading, I mean, if you think about it, the benefits of reading to children, there's all kinds of benefits, you know, and again, just kind of picture, you know, because if you read a child's book, it takes 20 minutes at the most. Um, but, but it gives you a chance to really connect with, with kids. And I'm looking at it from a grandfather's kind of standpoint. You know, one of the things it does is it, it helps create bonding you know, mm-hmm. you know it's just a nice t- way to spend time together you know, picture your little kids sitting on your lap you're looking at the book together and that's you know 20 minutes of real time of bonding together another thing that it does when uh, you're teaching your kids to, about reading books and so forth it, it supports their listening skills now think mm-hmm. about it you and i know that as we got older That listening skills are our number one skill to have. I mean, you're in podcasting; you have to listen, you know, so that you can ask the right questions. You know, I'm I'm in a world where I have to listen so I can make sure that we're building the best site possible. So, listening skills are so important. And later on in life, that if you can take this time, where I'm reading a book to your child, it creates, it requires them to listen. That's just a Mm -hmm. skill that will the will pay off for all of us as it goes down the long. You know, reading the books help with cognitive and language development. Mm -hmm. You know, there's plenty of words in these books these kids don't understand. It gives you a chance to explain them. Um, there's plenty of words of books I've read that I don't understand. I gotta go look them up. So, you know, it's great for cognitive and language development. And then it, uh, it's, it's, it helps with the attention span. You know, when you're mm. two, three, four years old, you're, they're bouncing off the wall all day long, but it gives them a chance, a key discipline, uh, concentration and self-discipline to sit down and do that. So reading a book to a child should become the routine of every family because it just That's gives you a special time to offset, you know, I am convinced. That this generation coming up, these kids, one to ten years old, are going to be the greatest generation this country has ever produced. Uh, you know, the reason being, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They got but, their cell phones. Yeah. You know, we didn't they- have
0: Google when we were in school. We'd get in trouble if you checked that any you looked anything up. But it's kind of an interesting thing you bring up because we have all of this knowledge on the internet. We have phones. We have all of this knowledge, and it's there, so you don't have to recreate the wheel, basically, but you can take that knowledge and zoom ahead so much faster. I mean, when I was 10 years old, I was still playing in dirt and being a tomboy, you know, and swinging off trees. And I want kids to still have that. I think it's very important that they still have that. But I know kids that are entrepreneurs at 10, 14, 20, like 20 years old, we're still kids, but they're young entrepreneurs now that I think maybe don't have the fears. But look at kids now standing up. For the environment, standing up, going, getting, activism is happening. Did you see kids being activists when you were growing up? I mean, I kind of was a little bit for the environment and nature, but I shouldn't say I was raised that way, but I just think now like this generation of kids growing up and also having baby boomer grandparents is a huge deal. And that bond between a grandparent and a grandchild allows kids to also be able to problem solve that maybe they wouldn't tell their parents when they were naughty or something, right? But they'll tell their grandparent, like, you know, I kind of did this. You know what I mean? Because grandparents always give you the extra cookie, even (laughs) you're not supposed to have it. But So there's that other, it's a different kind of trust. Do you you know what I mean? For these younger kids. I, I agree with you about them moving ahead faster, but I think grandparents are a big part of it.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you know, we're the ones that can take them outside and play. You know, we're the ones that can teach them things that 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 we've learned. In other words, you know, what happens is as you get older, you do get wiser. Now, that's because on each you know
0: decade,
1: (laughs) each decade you're making a lot more mistakes, and so. As you get older and make all these mistakes, hopefully you're getting smarter and getting wiser. You can pass this on. But, you know, let's talk about what what are parents' responsibility in today's world? You know, in today's world, you know, we got all this instant information. You got uncertainty, you got cruelty. Just read the news today and yesterday. The cruelty in this world, the differences in ideas. You know, what, what really is the role of parents when you pull all that together? You know, obviously parents are there to provide the kids, uh, food and clothing and a place to live. I mean, that's just natural. Every generation's been that way. You know, they're, they're there for financial support, medical support, you know, opportunity to receive an education. That's really what parents are for. But they're there to protect their kids from, you know, things that are going on beyond their control, you know, whether it's in the schools and all that. But because parents are the most influential person for our children, you know, they have more power to bring out the good qualities that these kids need in their daily lives. You know, the traits that the parents should be uh, obviously striving to be with their kids, honesty. You know, they get into honesty, responsibility, you know, the responsibility, that's the job of uh, parents and also grandparents.
0: I think also um, there's a lot of fear for kids right now. Whether you look at um, climate change, look at politically what's going on across the country and around the world, um, things like all the wars that are happening. Um, there's a lot of fear. There's school shootings, you know, so... To be a kid right now, like especially if you're like 8 to 10 to 14, I would be a little nervous. And so they have a little bit more on their plate than we when we were kids, you know. Um, so it's I think the role for parents and grandparents, it's kind of like recreating the village. Everyone was separated at one point. But I do see grandparents moving to be near the kids. I do see that kind of trend happening. I don't know if you're seeing it um, through babyboomer.org. That trend of the community coming back because I think we really need it. Well, you and know, because I said so.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess one of the things that our main role is how do you have fun? You know, in all these things you just talked about. You know, I
0: know, I know, you didn't come on to talk about those things, but it's a reality.
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Uh, you know, how, you know, we we need to teach them how to have fun. We need to teach them to be creative so that they can be the leaders of uh, tomorrow. We need to teach them healthy eating and exercise because it's so hard to get out of that. You know, that that's what we've got to yeah. do. You know, And we need to teach them that success can be learned from failure. It's okay to fail. Yeah. It's okay to make a mistake. Um, because you're absolutely right. With all of this outside pressure on these kids today, we've got to just make sure they're learning the basics so that they can be a better generation than we ever were.
0: I agree i agree and and there's a responsibility and i don't think it's just parents i I just did a interview with a couple of ladies who wrote the book conceivable future because of what is happening with climate change and how really we have to basically be stronger in this community role and that's why i see grandparents being huge and it's not just your direct blood relative right there's people fostering kids there's um Grandparents that can get involved with the other kids as friends and things like that. So it's kind of, I don't know. We do need the village concept back a little bit more. And I don't. Are you seeing people move closer to their grandparent their grandkids?
1: Well, one of the reasons that the, the we started babyboomer.org is that thirty percent of the grandparents today are classified as remote, which means they're not involved at all in the raising. Oh, wow. of the You know, they may show up at a uh, birthday party or at Christmas, but that's about it. You know, the the philosophy of this, and we think about it's one out of every three of us. If there are three of us sitting here, one of us doesn't want to get involved, you know, and, 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 uh, the, if you ask them why, they, they say, listen, you know, I raise great kids. Let them go raise their kids. I got to go play pickleball, you know, so, so they, you know, that, is a scary number. That is something that, that we have have got to do it now. What causes that? What causes thirty percent of us not to be involved? Well, you know, a lot of it is uh, the relationship we have with our own kids. You know, we may not have liked the spouse our kid married. Okay, so all of a sudden there's tension there. You know, we may be actively giving unsolicited advice to our children and our children who are now adults. They don't want to hear it.
0: You know, they, they don't want
1: us to get involved in that, you know. Political but, division is a big
0: one that I'm seeing across the country is political division within families.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Means,
0: and yeah. Oh, you
1: got, you got that. I mean, you got, you know, we may show up at their house unexpectedly. They don't want that to happen. You know, yeah, they, drop they don't leave, leave their own lives. So, you know, we undermining the parents' authority by challenging the, the way that uh, they're teaching their kids causes the 30% of us to kind of get away from them, you know, tendency to play favorites as, as grandparents, you know, yeah, I've got six grandkids. Uh, I've got a favorite. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell my wife.
0: You've got to tell each of them that they're their favorite and give
1: them exactly. a
0: special nickname and it's all the same nickname.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, so we manipulate these siblings. That causes the reasons for us not to be involved. You know, the, uh, we may try to buy these kids off with vacations or gifts and stuff like that. Parents, when they see that, that causes issues. You know, we as we get older, may have a little lack of empathy. You know? you know, we may not have the same, be able to feel what these yeah, kids
0: Yeah, a patient, the patient's level can sometimes, yeah, there's like, I know people who are grandparents and they absolutely love it, but they're like, I'm going home now and I don't really want to live that close because I don't want to be the built-in babysitter. So there's a balance there too, where the parents could, you know, kind of use the grandparents a little too much. So they're, so all of this comes back down to communication like we were talking about,
1: yeah, you know you know the, the, we as grandparents may demand certain things from grandchild complying. we may want the grandchildren to respect us, and you know that doesn't go into these world. It's a whole different world of dis- discipline yeah. and relationships. so you know, it's as much on our generation as it is, but we need to all start thinking about this because you're absolutely right. Grandparents can make a difference. Think about it. Uh, can you think of adventures or things you did with your grandparents that you remember today?
0: Not very much because I was raised out of this country, but my grandmother did come over and visit when we lived in Kenya and I was a kid. And um, I wrote to her a lot, a lot of letters. And it was my way of, I used to write stories and send them to her. And this is before the magazine stuff. I mean, this was way before Nancy started the magazine in South Africa. I knew she was a writer. Um, but I started writing stories. And one of them was on the Finoki Swamp. Here I am in South Africa, I remember at this point. And I had this obsession to go to the Finoki Swamp in the States. Here I am. like, And, and I've toured all over I, I, all the game parks. I am very, you know... We come from a background of living in the bush with the animals. And here it is. I want to go to Okefenokee Swamp. And I wrote her story after story about the bobcats, about the swamps, about, you know, the alligators, all of these things. And then, you know what happened? I ended I've been there twice now. Gotta go a third time soon because I miss it. It's awesome. But isn't that wild how just even, you know, I'd only seen her once as a child and then as an adult later. Um, but you can still have that communication through letter writing. And because she encouraged me to write and to draw about what I cared about. So my dreams came true after that. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, grandparents can have an impact on these little kids that, like you just did, that you'll remember the rest of your life.
0: And now we have magazines, so go figure. <laughs> You can't have these positive, and it was through fun, like you were saying, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's that's why we, you know, when, when we die, we're not taking it with us. You know? So it is what it is. The legacy we leave is what is remembered by other people. And so that's why we, as baby boomers and grandparents, have got to get involved in the life of these little kids. Because... Down the road, it's going to pay off for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I'm excited about your site. How long has it been going for baby it's, uh, We just started
1: it a year ago. And, uh, you know, we now have over 70,000 different pages of information and uh, things. Mm-hmm. And what's great is it changes every day because all the new information, and all the new articles and all the new experts that are contributing to us, the new stuff goes right up on the front page. So it's a brand new site every day.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. Remember it used to be like that. Even Google used to have those home pages and like you'd have your home page on a on a, you know, years ago um where you could see the news, you could see all these different things and go in and find something new every day. And you wake up going, I wonder what's new. Let's go. Do you have games and puzzles that people can do too?
1: Um we are going to be adding those. So that's absolutely right okay. because it's good for all of us to to just keep those brains very active.
0: Awesome, awesome! Well, I love that you have so much different, you know, different kinds of topics. You're a blend for the baby boomers, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> a little bit of everything, because we got to keep our brains going and not just be one thing, right? Absolutely. You know, to keep keep that all going. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Mark, and uh, best of luck was as a, as the site progresses, because now you know, next time we talk to you, it'll be one hundred and forty thousand pages, maybe two hundred thousand.
1: Great, that'd be super. So,
0: awesome awesome everyone again babyboomer.org and for your books uh, Amazon the best place for people to- yeah Amazon
1: just uh, put in the name of the book we'll put my name in Graham's Jeffrey or Mark Joseph and then it, uh, it'll pop right up
0: before you go where's your next national park my next
1: national park we're gonna go to is probably the redwoods in California
0: that's exciting it's beautiful we're gonna be there again um and you' have got it's a it's a state park and a national park. Are you gonna go up the coast of California to do the yes. whole yeah, thing?
1: You know, we're right in the Phoenix area, so we'll drive over to California and head on up.
0: I'll do the Highway 101 and one 101. up through Cambria. It's whale watching season, so it's beautiful time of year to go. And um the Redwoods are majestic. There's a great organization out there called Save the Redwoods League, um, one of the oldest conservation nonprofits in the country. And um, they're doing a great job of acquiring land to save the coastal redwoods. So have you done Sequoia National Park with the uh, no. Sequoias yet? I want
1: to do that too. It's well, all... that
0: can all happen on the same trip. Do you want yeah. me to send you a map?
1: Oh, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a really great road trip. You can do Death Valley. Well, Josh, have you done Joshua Tree?
1: Yeah, we've done Death Valley and Joshua Tree.
0: Okay, so just go up Sequoia, Kings Canyon, Yosemite, Pinnacles. You can do Pinnacles National Park, Mirror Woods, and... Um, yeah, just all that's like a high, nice little route all together and um, go to Muir Woods and then uh, Point Reyes National Seashore is out there too. That's beautiful. Have you done that?
1: No, no, I think we'll do okay. it.
0: I'm going to send you a map. That'd a be great. I know I'm going to send you a map here. This is where you need to go, but it's beautiful. And the redwoods are, it's just magic. It's a magical place to be. So enjoy and go hug a tree. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> all sir. right, thanks so much.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.